0: Planet Worker. A world in development. Bougainville, 2013. Papua New Guinea has always invoked interest. It is the anthropologist's dream, a cacophony of language and culture. What may be spoken in one valley is not understood in the next, and the macabre fascination with headhunting tribes and cannibalism still fuel the imagination. I'm excited to visit for the first time and not a little curious. Many visitors are surprised when arriving what is a thriving capital growing as a result of the resources boom. A massive liquid natural gas project has dominated the business news and local economy over the last few years and driven expectations and prices ever higher. Port Moresby is experiencing the benefits and curves That this can bring. We pass a new mall and half-built stadium on the way through the city and construction on each block seems the norm. Expats tell me life is getting easier but also eye-wateringly expensive. One told me a modest three-bedroom apartment was costing his organisation ten thousand US dollars a month in rent payable a year in advance in cash. A little high but not unusual others confirm the narrative over the first couple of days is dominated by crime and violence png is one of the highest rates of sexual and household violence in the world by some accounts over 60 percent of men have raped and it is likely that the average papuan girl will have forced sex before her 18th birthday It is a horror story compounded by violent crime and intertribal conflict and a revenge culture of payback. In payback culture, feuds and retribution remain for long periods of time, inevitably and often repaid in ostentatiously brutal acts of mayhem. Violence is endemic in PNG society but also in the police and security forces with many recorded instances of assaults and killings of civilians. Instead of controlling and preventing violence, these acts simply fuel the deadly cycle of retribution. But there are other stories too, of social change and courageous individuals, and I meet a number of activists who are braving enormous risk to change their world. Their passion and courage is invigorating and infectious, and brings colour to the blandness of statistics, restricted mobility, and well-guarded hotels. After a couple of days in the capital, a colleague and I head to Buka, the main town and alternate capital of the island province of Bougainville. As a semi-autonomous island province steeped in political intrigue and conflict, we are immediately aware of a complexity of both internecine conflict and a struggle For political autonomy. At first glance, it appears to be a classic case of colonial male administration and resistance, a large copper mine, allegations of apartheid-style discrimination between white and local workers, mercenaries and retaliation amidst an imposed administration. I'm wary of simplistic analysis as these conflicts often amalgamate ethnic tension and rivalry land rights struggles, elite consolidation, and downright criminality. It appears to be the case here. The decade of bitter civil war between 1988 and 1998 has left its mark. A charred capital in ruins, thousands dead, and a lost generation without schooling or hope. Worse politically is the legacy of suspicion and grievance. Politically, Bougainville is on the cusp of independence, and this undercurrent threads itself into almost every conversation and engagement. Bougainville is actually governed by an autonomous government of Bougainville, under the umbrella of the PNG central state. The relationship is uneasy, though, and the vast majority of its population want to secede. A referendum on independence looms, and the hopes and anxieties of all we meet are evident, depending on which side of the fence they're on. It's clear that sporadic attempts at reconciliation have not addressed this legacy, although optimism abounds amongst Bougainvilleans. Secession in Bougainville is based primarily upon a separate ethnic identity from the rest of Papua New Guinea, This is not peculiar in Papua New Guinea where over 800 different languages are spoken and there remains little national identity. The idiosyncratic aspect of the Bougainvillean identity is its association with the Solomon Islands. And even until Papua New Guinean independence, there remained the possibility of a political union with this British protectorate. Geographically, the two are very close and day trade and trips are common between its people. Yet, there is economic value here as well. Bougainville has one of the world's largest copper deposits, although the incendiary legacy of Rio Tinto's Panguna mine makes this a very touchy subject. Marine resources are vast. If these are managed well, Bougainville could develop a sustainable path for its people. Unfortunately, Precedents in this part of the world do not bode well. During our trip, it's the women who stand out. In the face of incredible levels of violence against girls and women, they endure. Belying this culture of oppression is a matrilineal land tenure tradition and a long tradition of women leadership. We meet a hugely impressive array of Bougainvillean women providing legal and counselling services Activists agitating for justice and social change, and local entrepreneurs on the move. The occasional downbeat tone is often from mainlanders or expats, less rosy about their own futures. Life in buka is rough and ready. While amenities are improving, the three ATMs are overloaded, litter abounds, and power outages and water shortages are common. The local shops are getting more goods, although I'm told the arrival of supply boats approximates shopping fests as household stocks of cheese, chocolates and ice cream are replenished. Communication is good and I have constant, fast 3G broadband mobile access. There is an added attraction to being here. Bougainville is gorgeous, a jewel in the Pacific. In the evening, two colleagues and I get a boatman to take us for a short spin around the nearby islands, and we cruise above coral banks covered by crystal clear water and a kaleidoscope of sea life. As with any paradise, there's the dark side, and I keep a wary eye out for salties, saltwater crocodiles that grow to huge size and now and again drift in for an easy meal. We watch the sun set and glide back to a lazy dinner with friendly locals and mosquitoes. After the relative comfort of sleepy Buka, Port Moresby brings back the reality of insecurity and anxiety. Streets look menacing, cars and people shuttle back and forth. PNG is a dangerous place, both for outsiders and for locals. It is often incomprehensibly complex and volatile, potentially soul-destroying, but also invigorating, the omnipresent risk to person and mind is itself the stimulant, a place to discover who we really are. I just wish its hope is there tomorrow.